and gentlemen, this is It's All Good, Man, The Better. Wait for it. (laughs) (laughs) Better Call Saul Podcast. My name is Brian, and with me, as always, is my grandfather's subscription to National Geographic, Dave. Dave, how are you doing today? Gimme, Jimmy. Word. Dave and I also host the Nothing Important Podcast. You can find that at www.nothingimportantpodcast.com, where Dave and I talk to people more successful and famous than we will ever be. And speaking of such, we have one such individual. Owen Benjamin returns to It's All Good Men. He's on right now. Owen, how is it going this evening? What's up, fellas? How are you? You know, uh, this is like the third time or second time you've been on our our show in three days. Uh, One more time, and I believe you and I are officially dating. Yeah, let's go for three. Um. I'm I'm third wheeling it. I guess I, f- I feel like I feel like we're already dating now. So I think I think you're the one that has commitment issues. Uh, well, okay. Well, I'll be sure to update my Facebook status tonight. <laughs> That's all I ask. That's all I'm I, making, I ask. Don't even know. I'm making it as complicated because I'm just caught in the middle. <laughs> Every time I see it say single, that's a slap in my face. <laughs> well, I tell you what, if we hang out, if we hang out tomorrow, we, we could take a picture together, and then everybody will see how official we are. All right. <laughs> Perfect. I'm in. <laughs> All right. So episode 210, Dave, Owen, we made it, man. We finally made it through season two of Better Call Saul. And uh, real quick, what was your guys' impression of the episode? Oh, Owen, go first. Uh, it it blueballed me, like just like I predicted. Uh, <laughs> All right, Dave. I predicted that he had to shoot someone or else I would get uh, blue balls, and he didn't shoot the guy. That's right. (laughs) I I mean, I I like it in a way, but it still feels like a setup episode. And I don't want to criticize the the producers because it's such a phenomenal show. Uh But it's it it felt like a setup to a. It felt like part one to a part two. Like yeah, it's a setup. I mean the the the. I don't know. That's just what I felt. I, I agree with that. It, it's 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 kind of like nothing really got resolved. It's all yeah. It's going to lead to something else, and it's 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 cliffhangers. When I'm not, we're not used to cliffhangers with this show so much, but maybe we are. I get confused on that concept sometimes. Yeah, well, I definitely yeah, enjoyed cliffhangers. it more than uh, than I enjoyed the season one uh, season finale. So. <laughs> so. <laughs> what were we saying? Not all? a high bar to hit, though. Oh, I just think that that they weren't like season finale cliffhangers there were like tiny cliffhangers like like for example when chuck when it's revealed that he was recording um his brother th- i feel like that's an easy argue out i feel like uh jimmy could just be like my brother's legitimately insane uh-huh. like he covered in house his house in tinfoil and i was trying to make him feel better so he didn't throw his life away and i was willing to say anything i wanted like that's an easy talk out Right. So I, I don't think that that's like a like a hard enough cliffhanger. And then who wrote don't on Mike's car and left that stick? I was trying to I guess we'll go through the, all the scenes, but like mm. it doesn't feel like it just feels like strung together, like just just random cliffhangers. Like who could have possibly done that? I and how did that make sense? You know? Yeah, I, I kind of feel honestly, I felt like some of the stuff was almost trying too hard, um, starting with the opening scene, actually. It's like it's a little yeah much, but some of it was pretty fascinating, and I was just sitting there in stunned silence for some of it also. All right, well, let's start with that then. So opening scene 
It's a flashback. Chuck and Jimmy uh, are uh, next to their dying mother in the hospital. And uh, you know what? As, as soon, Well, first off, I thought it was actually going to be their dad for whatever reason, because I don't think we ever heard anything about their mother before and yeah. they showed their dad previously in the season so i thought it was going to continue on with the dad i thought that uh, one time dad. uh didn't chuck say that uh jimmy was always mom's favorite at one point i don't know i think so because I, I i thought i remembered hearing that and then when i saw you know the mom laying there i figured this is going to be some kind of lead up to how i mean jimmy's like, definitely everyone's favorite because chuck's a huge buzzkill victim like yeah. dickhead <laughs> I do like that we find out that Jimmy was kind of a ladies' man. He did have uh, two dates to his mom's party. <laughs> yeah, no. Nice. Yeah, every con man's a ladies' man. That's what they do. They con. Legend. Right, right on. Right. And and uh, if I remember correctly, he said that uh, his mom ran interference for him so he could actually talk to both of them. So that's that's a good mom. This is good looking yeah, and out. I think the question I, the question I had from scene one was uh, – was Chuck's deception for Jimmy's benefit or not for Jimmy or for his own benefit? When he said, when he didn't tell him that um, his mom's dying word was Jimmy, was that to not give him that? Or was that not to make him feel guilty about getting the sandwiches? I feel that Chuck's deception was for Chuck's benefit because to kind of a fuck you to Jimmy because he's just jealous of the way Jimmy is. And you know, the last word was Jimmy and, He's like, no, it's me, Chuck. And she's like, oh, Jimmy, Jimmy. So I thought it was just a big fuck you. Like, no, she didn't say shit, dude. Yeah, you, you know what? Yeah. Uh, the, thing, the thing about this episode that I feel, it was um, like I really enjoyed the episode, but as I was watching it with my wife, there was like two or three times where I could call exactly what was going to happen, which is pretty rare for this show, I feel. Yeah, and I, I, I called that with Chuck's uh, tape recorder. That's another thing is how did Jimmy not realize he was being taped? Like he's such a right, quick right. guy. Like, how did he not see that? That's such a basic con. Yeah, I think I was thinking about that because um, it was such an elaborate setup to get the confession that I guess he like I I actually texted Brian afterwards and said he out Jimmy Jimmy. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So in the in the in the first scene though, when um, it, like it, like I was like, oh man, her last words are going to be something about Jimmy, and right before she dies, right when he left the room, I just I just feel that was very you saw that coming? very uh, yeah, like I just felt it was telegraphed because I like whenever I watch shows, see, this is why I don't watch movies is because you can almost like like I could pick apart like every movie before almost before it happens, so I always think like what would be the most ridiculous, the obvious thing that that would happen? It's like oh okay, as soon as Jimmy leaves the room, <laughs> like she's going to say something to Jimmy. Or right. about Jimmy, and then she's going to die, and and then that's exactly what happened. And then once yeah, it happened, I'm like, oh, Chuck's, yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm like, I'm like, and then Chuck's not even gonna tell him. Uh, but uh, but the weird thing is, is like, even though like a movie, like I'll walk out of or stop paying attention to a movie with that, but like for some reason with the show, like I'm still like pretty engrossed in it. So like, <laughs> like yeah, I think they uh, make did, up like, for it. Yeah, yeah, I I do like that. Chuck was like in the waiting room. It like uh, and then uh, Jimmy just kind of was coming back from his, sa- his sandwich run, like something about like the way that that was posed. Like I, I really, really like that scene, even though I could kind of tell it was coming from a mile away. Huh. Yeah, no, I didn't like so, the math behind it, but I liked I liked what it set up. It set up the roots of re- resentment, right? And it also mm-hmm. set up how Chuck always always has been acting like the world is on his shoulders. He can only cry when his brother isn't around. Like there's a lot of like. 
uh, character traits that it sets up, but the math is bullshit. It's, it was like lazy writing with the math. It's like yeah. for three days, she's in a coma. He leaves for 30 minutes. She right. wakes up, says his name, dies in that 30 minutes. That's just not, <laughs> yeah. I mean, the odds of that are like one in a hundred thousand. Like, I'm just not buying it. Yeah. I, I forgot about Chuck of Cryan, disbelief. though. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I forgot a good about point Chuck Cryan, though. That was kind of, that was, that was kind of nice to uh, see, like not really humility, but like uh, he humanity. Like uh, his character is, yeah, yeah. His character is always presented as kind of above it all. So it was kind of nice to see him kind of breaking down and you know vulnerable for once because he's usually like ahead of the game and he's usually on point. And uh, and and in that moment, you know, it kind of just brought him back, his character back down to earth a little bit, and he just kind of lost it for a second. Yeah, I've, I've yeah. realized, actually just now realized that all those scenes happen with that dynamic between Chuck and Jimmy with the blue tint, the blue hue to everything. So now I need to go back to season yeah. one and find any openings with that tint and see if those are also in that vein. Well, it's pretty established yeah. that that's the, that's the flashback tint. And like as soon as it popped out, I'm like, oh, flashback. Cool. Well, but they're like, they're and different then, tints for different types of flashbacks that have led to different aspects of why Jimmy's doing what he's doing. Yeah. Uh, Gotcha. Interesting. I didn't even pick up on that. That's yeah, that's, that's my over analytical brain going on there. <laughs> yeah. I like All it. right. So, so uh, the opening credits, because we talk about this every episode for no particular reason, was the coffee mug falling. Yep. Dave, any any weird obscure uh, analogy you got for that one? No, <laughs> but I was thinking that I want to go back and see if the mu- if the video goes to black and white at the same spot of every song, every part of the song in each one. But maybe a listener yeah, oh, can do that and tweet us for uh, not a T-shirt or something. Yeah. Oh, and I don't know if you know, but in the first season, we were kind of we were found it kind of humorous that they had a different opening every time, and then this season it became a running joke that it was still a different opening every time, but it was you know the same for every episode. So like season, so like episode one had the same as season one, episode one. So we kind of started making jokes about that, and one of our listeners pointed at, out that in season two. Even though it's the same opening, there are now sections of it that are in pure black and white. So Dave's been trying to find like the deep meaning behind the black and white of of the openings, even though they are the same as the first season. That's cool. The show opens proper, and uh, we we get our answer. Uh, Dave, I believe you're right. Jimmy ran in. Well, I I stopped myself from being right when I should have went with my original theory. But yeah, I never really thought that Jimmy was that committed and a big thing of this episode is is just how pure jimmy's love for chuck is and how mm-hmm. myopic yeah. he is to make these people that he loves really happy he just doesn't see the long game and uh it's always an, an instinct based decision yeah i i didn't think he'd go running in i think i think owen you kind of felt the same way didn't you i thought he was yeah i i, I was i thought that it was going to be right he was going to play both sides like i i i thought that he had to help chuck but he was going to do something to save his own skin a little. Like he was going to make a, like make a phone, like an anonymous 911 call, but he right. just sprinted in. And I thought that, I think it kind of establishes that he really is just a pleaser. He's like, yeah. he's like, the irony is he seems so selfish, but he's like the most selfless of all the characters. Yeah. Cause all of his selfish <laughs> acts. Yeah. All of his selfish actions are for other people. Yeah. There's right. a lot of duality yeah. and uh, oxymoronism to everybody's personalities in the show. It's pretty, fascinating that that's maybe that's why brian can deal with the tropes <laughs> yeah <laughs> maybe maybe uh we find out a couple things we find out one chuck was only unconscious for a minute 
So we were we were kind of right. Remember, we we thought that was going to be long and kind of drawn out, Dave. And uh, no, it, no, I mean he he ran right in. He didn't question himself too right. long. So it looks like in the episode prior when he said call nine one one, pretty much uh, that was the time. That that was like the time span. He got it out of his mouth twice and came busting in. So there wasn't a long uh, bit of unconscious for Chuck. And then uh, we show him going to the hospital. And uh, I love how even if he's on the gurney. Uh, he's still worried about all the electrons that he's still holding on to the the electric magnetic and uh, allergy that he has. Yeah, right. Yeah. My uh, my <laughs> notes for my notes for this section were they're getting crazy with the camera, and I like it. And oh uh, yeah, yeah, that was it. It, it remember I was, I was I like talking. That. I think I was talking before about how a friend of mine had commented like the, the way they filmed the show really puts you in the scene, and I was like, holy mm-hmm. crap! Like that you feel what Chuck's feeling like throughout that whole scene, the way the camera's upside down, it's crazy. You're disoriented. It's, it was a pretty insane, intense scene for me anyway. Yeah. And, it, and like how technical and accurate it, I, I mean, I've never been in that situation, but it seemed like the banter that the, the staff, the hot, the, the rescue, the, the hospital staff was doing seemed pretty accurate. And that's oh, yeah. like, yeah. It, yeah, exactly. It made you feel that suffocated feeling. Of not only yep. was the camera locked off, but it was upside down, and it wasn't just your normal TV movie banter. It sounded very real to the scene. Yeah, I, I also paid a lot of uh, attention to the banter, and I, I think what helped as well is that it was such a long scene. Yeah, like there was no break yeah. or edit in the scene. It was it was like almost uncomfortably long, and it, it went on so for so long, you know. And of course, the big obvious thing about it is is the camera angle because it's upside down. But then I was like in my head imagining like like uh, like holding the camera, and then like it was like well, actually, the angle that we're seeing his face is almost still the same as it would be if he was standing right in front of you. Exactly. But it just so happens everything is behind him is upside down, and then like the longer that it went on, I th- it, it like. Like it, it made sense, but it didn't make sense at the same time, and that just helped make it feel even more like, like intense and like pressure filled and claustrophobic and and chaotic. Absolutely, uh, you know, like, yeah, like that was trained. Yeah, our brains trained to see things in a certain way. So when a filmmaker or director changes that, like we, we just have this feeling of like something's wrong, something's wrong. Why is this like this? And that was like the emotion they wanted us to feel in that scene. So it made total sense. Mm-hmm. Right. And and I and I love how Chuck kinda like uh his his resistance got weaker as like the scene went on because at first he was kind of pissed off about all the electricity and then they're like uh you know he's gonna have to get a EKG and he's like, No, no EKG and they're like a cat scan and he's like, No, no cat scan. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Like he wasn't quite given up, but his resolve wasn't as strong as it was when they were carting him through in the beginning. You got his way though. Yeah. He got his way. Yeah. And uh, so then we cut outside and, uh, you know, Jimmy's talking to the doctor. And uh, I I thought it was funny that Ernesto was like standing off in the corner, like not even looking at Jimmy. He was just like kind of in an awkward part of the room. I I know. I noticed that just that Ernesto's role is expanding, obviously. So that's Mm -hmm. really making me get on this Frings back thing. Maybe that's actually kind of legit because. It just kind of seems like out of nowhere they're 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 choosing to show you him. They put him right in front of that scene while it's going on in the background. You know, he's had mm-hmm. some unnecessary dialogue parts that I kind of felt weren't really needed. And he got a joke this episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah he wants to go back to the mailroom. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> you know what? I, 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 just on a side note, for some reason, I had to replay that part like four and five times because I could not hear what he was saying at first. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but, but yeah, like that, that kind of thing is just great. That, that was probably, um, that the whole, that whole hospital scenario was probably easily my favorite scene of the entire finale. Yeah, because it's set up, yeah, it definitely set up uh, Ernesto's character a lot because it, one, it ties him now to Jimmy's crime. Mm-hmm. So you can see, like, down the line, him being disgraced somehow and choosing crime. And it also just shows the choice he made to to have Jimmy's back instead of tell the truth. Yeah, and I also yeah. think he's, he's kind of, he, he's real nerdy. Like, you don't realize, like, how nerdy he is till he talks. And, and then when he says, well, you're my friend, like, like that kind of made me think, like, well, maybe this guy is going to be one of those just, like, Wherever he's accepted, he's willing to do what it takes to be accepted in that group. See, yeah, he looks like Frank. And he looks like Frank. He does. <laughs> but I'm glad you brought that up, Dave, because that really took me off guard when he's like, you know, you're my friend. I was like, are they friends? Like, like are right. they really? Like, when was it showing they were friends? <laughs> like, Maybe that's what like, Junior was like, uh, like, I know they're kind of, you know, they would pass each other, you know, running errands for Chuck and stuff like that. But I was like, what? They're, they're friends? So, very, very interesting uh, dynamic. I love how Jimmy goes back into the room to, uh, you know, give Chuck the news about uh, whether or not they're going to commit him. And uh, he just walks in like, hey, buddy, how's it going? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, it wasn't the news about committing him. It was the news about getting the test done. Chuck's the one that thinks he wants to commit him. Right. Well, he said he actually said, you know, when they were outside, you know, I'm not committing him, but they did bring up the specter of the temporary. uh, Yeah, that was just to get the pretty sure they talked the temporary emergency guardianship. But that was just to get the test done. That wasn't anything about the nurse wants or the doctor wants to committed, But uh, Jimmy's fighting that. But Chuck thinks that's Jimmy's point is to get him committed. So there's that whole scenario. Right. I, I, I mean, Chuck's paranoid. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I but just he's like right. how once again <laughs> he's paranoid, but he's right yeah. sometimes. <laughs> yeah, he's he's right on the uh, he's right on the ball with it. You know, he puts uh, two and two together, and you know, and then he even expands. Remember, I talked about like how kind of uh, not not convenient, but how kind of on the nose Chuck was able to figure out Jimmy's scheme in the last episode, and then this one he just continues right where he left off, uh, pinpointing, you know, and putting two and two together that. Uh, Jimmy bribed the counter guy, <laughs> yeah. kind of set that whole situation up. And he's like, oh, you know, you're just uh, Johnny on the spot. On <laughs> like, the spot. And, he, and he starts putting the timeline together. And then that's when Ernesto sticks up for Jimmy. He says, you know, he, he tells Chuck that he's like, well, I called him. <laughs> like, like the, everything got so skewed in that, in that one scene. Yeah, uh, that was it, it just really out of the blue. Yeah. Like yeah. way out of the blue, nobody saw that coming. <laughs> yeah, and then Chuck realized that Jimmy can literally like everyone likes Jimmy more than him, even like his guy. Yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's just another yeah. dagger in the heart. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but Jimmy did ask Ernesto before he said, "I missed a mailroom." Right? He said, "Um, uh, you know, well, yeah, that's when he said, yeah, 'You're yeah, my friend.' We already covered my that. Friend. Sorry yeah. about that. My my notes we jumped around a little bit. Sorry about that. It's all right. <laughs> all right." So uh, then we finally get our, um, uh, we see the uh, truck driver tied up. The uh, What's the name of that uh, that company, Dave? I don't remember the Mar name of the truck. Like, no. the, <laughs> the one thing, 
The one thing I didn't look up is the, the name of that truck company. The slogan was from our family to yours. Gotcha. Okay. Well, anyway, so we see the truck driver tied up there. Uh, you know, uh, the Salamanca crew is taking them to, I, I guess, their torture shack. And uh, and then Mike pulls up right after. <laughs> I'm like, who the hell didn't see that big shitty station yeah. wagon? In a, in, a third, in a third car, too. This is like the third car we've seen him use for this thing. <laughs> yeah, I noticed that, too. And, and yeah, he's like right behind him. That's when, you know, I, I, my notes even say uh, Mike's not so slick, huh? Right. And then what's even better is when they go through the gate and they relock the gate, they go in and hook a left. So they're going back against the fence line where Mike would have been parked in the station wagon and nobody sees <laughs> nobody sees right. his car following them right up to the gate. It and, was like a couple episodes ago where he was like 10 feet away, like in his car while uh, Hector was smoking a cigarette. I'm like, no, nobody right. sees that guy just hanging out. <laughs> uh, and, uh, I noticed that when... Something about when Mike pulled the Yui and turned around the other way, the camera kind of went through the fence and zoomed in. And that's when I was kind of like, you know, maybe I'm right about Mike being watched. Like, that was a we're watching you kind of camera shot. Oh, so, like it was somebody's scope, like, focusing? Yeah, or just, like, just to set it in your brain subconsciously that somebody's watching him. Yeah. Oh. Oh, that's pretty good. I didn't I, notice that. That's a good one. Sometimes I, I do know who would... Warn him and not just shoot him, though. Like, what character would possibly do that? Only Nacho. But, I mean, he, he right? would still just shoot him. I mean, he's still, like, a cold-blooded, like, cartel guy, you know? But I think Nacho wants to keep him around. He doesn't want him to cross Salamanca anymore because he knows that when Tuco gets out, he's probably going to go back to Mike again. Hmm. Or something like oh, that. Oh, I see. Okay. Right. Yeah, one of those symbiotic uh, relationships where yeah you need you need i need you i want you gone but i need you for now right woodpecker and hippo woodpecker and hippo (laughs) (laughs) it's like the only thing i learned in seventh grade biology was (laughs) like even though there's multiple symbiotic relationships for some reason in seventh grade biology all i learned is that the woodpecker woodpecker on the back of the hippo is a symbiotic relationship I just remember the movie My Side of the Mountain that we watched like eight times about symbiotic relationships. We never got that oh, one. <laughs> yeah, me and Dave didn't go to like a good school. <laughs> no, my, I think my school was even worse than yours where we just watched the wor- stupidest movies. Yeah. They're like, hey kids, just watch this in the dark. I, was, <laughs> I talked my English teacher into watching the Simpsons version of Lord of the Flies uh, instead of reading the book. Nice. So we jump to the next scene, and it's just uh, pretty much uh, Chuck being slid into the uh, CAT scan chamber dealy. Facing his ultimate and, nightmare. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, But I thought he was sedated going in. Was he sedated? Because, again, this no. is another part where, like, I my impression was is that he was sedated going in. And then I was like, he's going to wake up and flip out. <laughs> that's exactly what well, happened. Yeah, and also, that's another writing hole, because it was like, they sedated him, and then they're like, you're going to hear this sound or whatever, and he was blatantly awake. So mm. not only was he awake, but they knew he was awake. They were, like, talking to him. Yeah. I didn't think about yeah. sedation at all, honestly. I thought that he was just, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know why he was so calm. I don't know why I didn't think about that. No, I'm pretty sure they sedated him because I, I don't have it in my notes, but I could have sworn there was like a scene where he was talking and saying how he didn't want to go through with it and they and they shouldn't do it because remember he was giving him the speech about uh he was the giving Hippocratic uh, oath. 
Yeah. Yeah, about the Hippocratic Oath, and they put them under. And then as soon as they started putting them, it, I'm pretty sure that's where that scene was. And then when they were putting him into the thing, I'm like, ah, oh, he's going to wake up and freak out. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's when, right. When he, was, when he was catatonic, they were giving him the opposite of anesthesia. That's right. Remember, I would... they're like, we already gave him the, uh, the other stuff. So yeah, he was definitely sedated. Yeah, I was thinking that yep. the I was thinking that they uh, the sedation wore off before the cat scan, but no, I have my scenes backwards. Yeah. And then the uh, I mean, the my my uncle's an anesthesiologist. That's not that doesn't happen. <laughs> like you don't just randomly wake up in a surgery. Like it just doesn't. I mean, that's another one of those one in a hundred thousand vibes. Ah. <laughs> The uh, canatonic state actually comes up in the end of the next scene, uh, but it kind of pulls out into Jimmy waiting in the hospital. Kim joins him, and uh, I, I do like that he kind of told her, you know, why don't you do something that's kind of unhospitally? Unhospitally. Like, like you don't have to work here with me. Like, like, do something other than waiting for Chuck to flip out. <laughs> <laughs> right. And it was and nice. And I liked how at the, end of, at the end of his commercial, the next word was weasel. Oh, I, I wrote uh, down that it was the Garden Weasel commercial, but I didn't put that together. Nice catch. Yeah, I didn't even pick that up, but that's awesome. So we finally got to see the commercial. Dave, yep. you were waiting. You were waiting with bated breath. I was. And it, it was nice to see how proud Kim was, right? Like, it showed her, like, just beaming and yeah. proud of this ridiculous-ass commercial. Moxie is in such short supply these days. Yeah, and Owen, good call on Weasel being the first word. After the commercial. Good call. I saw, See, I did with Dave. I was like, oh, Garter Weasel. Ha, ha, ha. I remember that. <laughs> like, I didn't even put the, I didn't even put Weasel after that, but that that's very yeah. apropos. Yeah, it was like, it was, it was showing him as this hero character and you saw on his face that it was, you know, he was like, am I really that guy? And then the right. next word was Weasel. I want to know who he texted. No, he turned his phone off. Because uh, it's oh, okay. his phone number, he didn't want he didn't want any calls coming in in, in regards to the commercial, so he just shuts it off. And oh, one that. thing I just thought of about that: remember, I think it was last episode he told Kim to tune in at a very specific time because that's when the commercial yeah the next was morning going to be played. So yeah. it was like his his proudest moment theoretically, which was the commercial, and Kim was all happy with him. Aired as they were waiting in the hospital for Chuck to go basically through what Chuck would consider torture. Mm. Yeah. And I, like I, I, uh, that was I, such I a good know. statement. I, I had no response. Oh, that's good. Because <laughs> for a minute there, I thought, I thought I sounded stupid. No, that was actually, no, that was good. <laughs> that was a strong statement. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Also in the um, commercial, I noticed he had, it's the same exact tagline, right? A lawyer you can trust with trust underlined. Isn't that the Saul Goodman thing too? Yeah, and it was, well, their thing was "Gimme Jimmy." No, I meant like the the at the the graphic at the end. It says a lawyer you can trust underneath his name. Oh yeah, when yeah. He, when he changes <laughs> the saw, it keeps that going. Oh, it's a little thing I know. Yeah. And and uh, he he's really good at uh he, he's just really good at catchphrases, right? Because we've already seen um if you need a will, call McGill. And then there was "Gimme Jimmy," so he 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 could be uh, he could go into marketing guy. He's a cunning linguist. <laughs> he is. Yeah, no, he gets he, it. He gets a good rhyme. Yep, absolutely. And that's when we see that uh, you know, we <laughs> focus back in and <laughs> Chuck looks hilarious, but he's like in a catatonic <laughs> state. Basically had a uh, panic attack, <laughs> self-induced yeah. from everything that's going on and uh I I I probably shouldn't have chuckled. That scene probably wasn't meant to be funny, but I found that hilarious. 
Let's just show some. Yeah, I chuckled. Ayo. Ah, yeah. <laughs> Knocking them out of the park. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I, I like how the uh, doctors just explain that. And, she's, and uh, you know, it's just a matter of time before it comes out. And I do like how Timmy was like, well, then I'll wait. Yeah. Like, just, like no hesitation, you know? And it, it wasn't even like a, like a, hey, look how magnanimous I am that I'm going to wait. It, it was very genuine. He's like, all right, fine. Then I'm waiting. Like, like it wasn't even... Like, no ulterior motive to it. It was just to show that above and beyond all, he really does love his brother and, like, yeah, I'm, I'll be there for him. Yeah, pure. Pure is a driven Yeah, and his brother realized that was his weakness, and that's what he ended up using against him. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. All right, we cut back to the desert, and we see Mike shooting uh, with Lawson uh, spotting. So Mike's, like, shooting, uh, you know, testing out the sniper rifle. Lawson is uh, spotting. And the thing about Lawson is every time he's in a scene, I have no idea what the hell he's talking about. And it's so rapid fire. I don't even, um, care attempt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, like I just, I don't, I, it's almost like, uh, I don't know. There's something like poetic to me about it. Cause it's such technical jargon and you know that it's legit. So I'll just sit there and listen to him talk like that and not even like, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. The, the only thing I took from that is, uh, that uh, apparently sniper spotters measure in minutes. Yeah. <laughs> That's the only thing I got. <laughs> That's, um, I think astronomers do too, right? I, I don't Yeah, know. it's degrees, I, yeah. yeah. Right, but he said, you know, you have to you have to adjust west or whatever by 1.5 minutes. I and I never clock. heard it used in. Yeah, it's a, fr- a fraction of a degree. Oh, okay, okay, gotcha. All right, yeah, well, I'm dumb. Good job. <laughs> so Mike uh, Mike takes the gun, and I, I do like how Lawson wipes it down and says, uh, no offense. <laughs> very, yeah, none taken. Very, very courteous, very courteous. <laughs> okay, so. Yeah, he's a professional. When they, when they come out for the wide shot, and then did you guys notice that little, like, two-second, even wider shot? No. It what was, happened? It, it, it seemed out of nowhere. Like, he's wiping down the gun, and then it, the camera comes out to a wider shot. Do you see where, like, the, the van they're at and then Mike's car? And then for, like, a like a second Like or two, a rapidly it just zooms really, out really even wide. farther. Okay, yeah. I, I did. And then it just goes to the next scene. You know what? I, I didn't write anything down about that, and I, I feel like I was like, you know, like, it just kind of, like, startled me in a way you know i was like ah that's a yeah. that's a weird cut <laughs> like, that's a that's a weird edit in a show that has pretty awesome editing like yeah so that probably yeah, right? that probably goes back to your original comment that me and owen didn't catch about how the uh the zoom in was very much like like uh binoculars or or somebody looking down a scope mm-hmm. ah look at you Dave. oh maybe right. ah. There it is again. Okay, now it, 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 yeah. it, 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 looking back at the time, I thought it was just to show how like empty it was, like how alone they were. How but alone, yeah, now that you say that, it sounds like they're being watched. It's it's how alone they think they are. Ah, yeah. right. Nice, nice, nice. Damn these see these guys are good. They they do some some predictable stuff, but god damn it, they'll blow your mind sometimes. <laughs> I'm yeah, because I guess Nacho put together that to. To, to, for Mike to pull off what he did before, he was obviously stalking them. So he probably, he, put, he, he put probably like was, yeah. Huh. Who could it be? I wonder if, I wonder if it's somebody from Breaking Bad, like a crazy eight or I don't know. No, no, we, we can make a, we can make predictions. Then. Oh, wait, doesn't when, when in Breaking Bad, when they first meet Jimmy and he says, it wasn't me, it was Ignacio or something like that. Doesn't he drop another name too? Mm, I don't know. 
All right, moving on. Yeah, moving on. <laughs> I don't. I don't have anything to say other than I don't know. So, so we move on. Yeah. There's a Tom. Uh, I'll cut that out. We move on. There's a time lapse of Chuck coming to Jimmy's still there by his side, and uh, Chuck just kind of asks him like flat out. He's like, "Well, where uh, where am I heading to an insane asylum?" <laughs> and they find out, you know, this, you know, right. that, that his uh, his heart's. And his head's okay, and Jimmy just reassures him, like, no, you're going home. And uh, Chuck just kind of wants to be left alone. So yeah, through, mm. he, he doesn't seem too appreciative that his brother was there through it all. Because <laughs> even before when Jimmy screwed him over, he at least had a little bit of admiration for Jimmy that he stuck with him, even though. Well, it's, it's completely the opposite now. Yeah. Because now Jimmy's intentions are yeah, not. Yeah, because he did. I mean, in Chuck's defense, he was completely betrayed by Jimmy because of that. Like, right. if he's there with access to his home, he could destroy him. So, right. as much as I, I, I side with Jimmy in the final betrayal, it's like, if you look at it from Chuck's point of view, he's completely vulnerable when he's in those catatonic states. And Jimmy used that to his advantage. So, right. now I think he had the plan the whole time because as soon as Jimmy left, he went right for his tape recorder like he knew right where it was yeah mm -hmm. you know i think he was planning that since the beginning yeah yeah I, I like how that played out like he left the house and i was like oh i left the house and then he went to the garage and you know you see all the the stuff he's collected over the years and, and i i didn't catch that it was a a tape recorder at first i for whatever reason i, I, I didn't catch that yeah i put like a radio i thought or something well they purposely didn't show you exactly what it was yeah obviously yeah, it just basically was like he's up to something. Yeah. That's why the whole the whole final scene I knew he was taping. Yeah. Ah. Totally. Uh Mike, we're back out in the desert. Mike sets up his uh, sniper rifle, gets on his little perch on a uh, rock hill overlooking the torture shack, and uh basically the whole scene um you know, the the whole scene is played out from Mike's point of view. You know, we see the uh he he scopes on uh uh, that messenger guy from a couple episodes ago, I don't remember, like basically dig Arturo. Yeah, is that who it is? Like digging the grave, right? I think his name's Arturo. And then, yeah, digging the grave. And we even see the twins at one point, like walk the truck driver over and they kill him. And Mike's trying to line up the shot. And uh, I'll be damned, Nacho is in front of him the entire time. <laughs> like so is that is that kind of saying that Nacho knew where his position see? was? Yeah. That, is that, man, that's what I was taking from it. At first, I thought it was like they're going to pull that bullshit where it's coincidentally in the way, See, but then given what happens later, then yeah. Yeah, that's how I knew. took it was it was coincidental, and I'm like, son of a bitch. And the whole time I was watching, I'm like, oh, man, Owen's going to love this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, that's a broad, that's a big jump that like Nacho knew that Mike wouldn't shoot him too, you know? I, I started thinking that Mike was the target. When this, for the record, this was my favorite scene of the episode. Okay. Because I, I felt the way they were showing, they kept panning across Mike's face and they're showing like this strain on his face. I thought it was like that he knows he has to take out Nacho, but he doesn't really want to is what I thought his thought process was. But he was really just pissed that he couldn't get a clean shot on Hector. Right. And it, what they, what they right. did really well, this scene was so long and so quiet that like you know even you know I started like double thinking what was going to happen. I was like, oh man, that's great! What a great coincidence! Nacho's in front of a uh, Hector the entire time, so nothing's going to happen. But then it went on so long, and the scope kept moving around. I was like, well, maybe he is going to pull a trigger. Maybe he is going to try something. Even though like I like I was like arguing with myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just back and forth. I thought he was just going to shoot the dude digging, just 
because he was pissed. Yeah, yeah. I, and for a moment, I did too. I mean, it, it seemed like it went through the character's mind. You know, because they were already yeah. ba- back yeah. in, in the shack, and then when the the Arturo, I guess his name was, was uh, covering back up the the uh, truck driver's body, you know, in the grave. I mean, he he put the reticulum over over the guy for a few seconds, and then I was like, oh, so is he going to give away his position then? Or, <laughs> but uh, yeah, but, uh, Brian, may I? Uh, what the hell did you just say? A re- a reticulum? A, a, a reticule? Reticule? I don't know. I'm not the only I'm not the only dumb one apparently. Is that a scope? Is that what you're talking about? No okay, so like when you look down a scope and there's crosshairs? Yeah, like the crosshairs, there's like a the crosshairs. Yeah, yeah, right? but there's okay. a term. It's like it's like reticle or reticulo. It it has a term that it's actually ah. called. Yeah. So anyway, uh I'm I'm an idiot and I can't speak well. <laughs> well I, I don't know what it no, is. You took a shot at a home run of a term. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you, you know, I took, I, I went for it and I whiffed. All right. <laughs> yeah, you foul tipped it. You foul tipped it. It's, it's not as bad as the Jordan Harbinger joke, but like that was the worst whiff ever. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh, and I'll yeah. tell you about that off air. But. <laughs> uh, but yeah. So Dave, this is your this is your favorite scene. I did like how intense and quiet the the scene was, but as Owen already kind of touched on, uh, it it just kind of. Nah, <laughs> like I, I mean, like I, get, <laughs> like I get, I get what they were going for, but it, it was seriously like, uh, cool, <laughs> like awesome. For I don't know, for for some reason, I was really into that scene. Um, I had that volume pretty loud. I'm in the studio. I got the volume cranked, so the crickets, the you know, just the environment they created. Mm-hmm. I just I was really into that scene because then they cut the sound real quick, and I was like, oh, it's gonna happen. Yeah. And then it's just a horn. I just want to know how they did it. It's like, so if not, so Nacho had someone else put the don't on the thing. So now he's already revealed right. his relationship with Mike to another person. It just, to me, it doesn't play human. It doesn't uh, add up in the human nature calculator. I just don't know who he would trust with that information that could pull that off. Right. It's like, he doesn't trust. You know what I mean? What if it's Jimmy? <laughs> well, I'm sorry, wrong show. This isn't you know, crazy speculations. No, I don't know. Be... <laughs> Bessie Kettleman, for all I care. I don't know. <laughs> Speaking of, maybe it's Jimmy, Ernie. Like just randomly served. He like served in Afghanistan, and just no one brings right. it up. <laughs> you know. Speaking of which, I thought for sure the Kettlemans were going to make an appearance. Yeah, yeah the whole season's out of the Kettlemans. Yeah, I. I yeah. Ooh. Well, uh, I, I'll tell you why is because uh, I spoke to somebody who knows. Uh, Julianne Emery and uh, you know I, I put the idea out there to him I'm like well you know hey if, if she if her if her character comes back I want to I, I, I want to go ahead and try to book her on the show again because we had her in season one on this show and the response that I, mm-hmm. the, the oh, response nice. that I got heavily hinted it was like a it was like a wink like you know like oh well can't say anything, but when that happens, you know, we'll let you know. Wink. Uh, so, like the whole time, I was holding out hope that it was going to happen, but uh, but no, no, didn't happen. I feel uh, no, I feel shited. <laughs> it was a false wink. <laughs> as long as we're as long as we're on it, um, there was also all these rumors about uh, Hank and Gomez shooting scenes for Better Call Saul. Yeah. So the and that was like Is it this season or next season. Well, that answers that question. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But that's good. No more. Have they said how many seasons there's? How many seasons they're doing or now? Not only thing confirmed is season three. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. 
I guess they're doing season by season because it's always even last year it was like mid season they announced season two I think right yeah yeah so. yeah all right so we're back in the uh, in uh, the Jimmy and Kimmy office uh, Jimmy's meeting it's uh Mick Mick Wexler Mick Wexler the Mick Wexler office Jimmy's meeting with the elderly uh, Howard calls looking for Jimmy and uh, and Kimmy just says you know it's important you got to take the call. And uh, I like how Jimmy kind of put her on the spot and basically reverted her back to the coffee girl, kind of like what Chuck did earlier a couple episodes ago. Oh, yeah, nice. Yeah. Right. yeah. <laughs> I, I do have to point out, um, I'm a big fan of Mr. Collins, the whole, like, 80-year-old strut put on the shades. Yeah. I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's got, <laughs> got that old... Got to protect the peepers. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Cataracts, they get to cure themselves. Uh, well, we see Howard, I think, for the only time this episode. And he was just kind of like, like uh, they they totally see this is like a, not really a cliffhanger, but it's like a like a setup within the episode that doesn't come to resolution until a little bit later. Uh, you know, Howard says, are you behind this? And then we're just kind of left to guess mm-hmm. what that is because it cuts right to Jimmy again going to Chuck's house. And uh, I, I thought that I, I, I don't know if I thought there. I, I didn't know if I, if I knew if I thought that Chuck was gonna retire. Like I was, I'm trying to remember what I thought when he said, "Are you behind this?" I thought it was, uh, I thought it was gonna be like the, the medical bill got billed to <laughs> HHM or something like that. <laughs> yeah, I had no idea. I thought there was a chance that, that that Chuck had some sort of evidence in his garage that that uh, showed that. Um, Jimmy did the Mesa Verde scam, but that mm. that, that was quickly changed. Yeah, yeah. Chuck's uh, Chuck uh, or Jimmy enters Chuck's house and uh, Chuck. Yeah. So then he uh, so Jimmy enters Chuck's house and apparently Chuck's reenacting the garden from The Martian. What? <laughs> I don't even know what that is. <laughs> what? You ever seen the movie The Martian? Where he builds the garden. Oh, I know and- what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. No, that joke didn't land. Okay, my bad. Yeah, <laughs> dude. I, I get it now. At first, when you said The Martian, I thought of the cartoon, and then I remember the movie, and I was like, Oh yeah, yeah. Gotcha. I've seen like ten movies in my life, Dave. I don't. <laughs> I'm like, it's a completely like foil lined room. <gasps> Did not know that. Okay, well, the, but he, he said he wanted a Fermi cage. Do you guys know what a Fermi yeah, cage Faraday is? Yeah, Fermi cage. Wikipedia told me. Yeah, I had to look it up. Yeah, yeah. It's like a, it's like an electric insulator. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, That's yeah, awesome. yeah. You know, yeah, you know, I learned that because if you go to the Museum of Science and Industry, they have like a big Tesla exhibit, and they actually have a Tesla ah. coil on the ceiling, and it's it's huge. It's like one of the world's biggest Tesla coils, and you can lay on these benches and look up at the ceiling, and every twenty minutes, the Tesla coil fires and it shoots lightning across the roof of the Museum of Science and Industry, and it makes like this hellacious noise, which. I actually meant to bring up earlier, but all the uh, like the electric sound effects, Dave. You're an audio guy, like the bzzz, like all that. Mm-hmm. that. Like that's exactly what it sounds like. And like every every time in this episode where I went to the, bzzz, I like I kept thinking about the uh, about the Tesla coil on the ceiling of uh, the Museum of Science and Industry. Yeah, but long story short, that's where I learned what a Faraday cage was. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. So uh, yeah, okay. So beyond that pointlessness, uh, I did like how there was. Um, I did like how he he entered the room where all the like uh, where all the spl- space blankets were hanging, mm. and I have it like written down on my notes. I'm like, oh, neat space drapes and space decor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
and then we find out finally what the call was about, and it turns out Chuck had retired HHM and Law, and uh, Jimmy calls us just because you just lost Mesa Verde. And as soon as he said, I can't do the job anymore, that's when I knew I'm like, oh, he's he's recording him. He's trapping him. That's a trap. Yeah. Like that, that for me was the total. Especially when he said, like, do you, do you know that you just admitted to a felony? Yeah. That was that was my moment. That was my uh, sixth sense raindrop moment. Right. I, I, um, I up until that point, I really thought that like Chuck was losing it, and Jimmy was just like you know just going to try and make him feel better. Well, what what I thought as soon as he said um, I can't do the job anymore, it reminded me once again to go back to children, Dave. It reminded me of like like when my daughter's like like hey, uh, I want to go to the park, and I'm like you know like honey, I have, I have too much work to do. We can't go to the park right now, and she's like. Okay, like I guess I'll just play all alone, <laughs> like because she's, you know what I mean? Like she's trying to like almost like guilt me into being like, oh, okay, I guess if we're gonna play alone, might as well go to the park, you know? Like that's how I feel. He Which was, he was like, I can't do the job anymore, okay. and he was trying to bait Jimmy into like admitting, which is exactly exactly what happened. But then I thought there was gonna be like a double twist because he had an out. Chuck gave him an out when Chuck said, "Are you are you really at?" It was something to the effect of, are you really just saying this to make me feel better? Or are you saying it because that's what's really happened? And Jimmy said, well, yeah, of course I'm saying it to make you feel better. And I, I was like, dude, shut up. <laughs> like, stop talking. Stop talking there. Like, he had an out. I still think he can get out of it. Yeah. He can just be like, I'd say anything for my brother. He's literally covered himself in tinfoil. <laughs> like, it's such a, like, Chuck's in such an extreme place that... I feel like any judge would just be like, yeah, it's like, dude, I would have said that I'm a dragon. Like Chuck's insane. He's right. like an insane. Like person. maybe he, and he can when pull, he's like pull the card. He's like whatever it's your Go Dave. What? Oh, I was gonna say that because when he says, Well, whatever, it's your word against mine, he just kind of walks out. It's like he yeah, he knows. Like this is like Chuck whatever happens, Chuck will be completely unreliable in court mentally. So yeah, he can do it and but he can still get his way to make Chuck feel better in the meantime, or so he thinks right now. Right, yeah, yeah. Chuck's Chuck's right. so far gone, it'd be, like, presumably, it'd be just as easy as being like, oh, I was just trying to appease the crazy guy. <laughs> like, he had me yeah. he had me in his Faraday cage <laughs> made out of space blankets in his house, and I felt I felt it's uneasy. It's the potato garden from the Martian, damn it. Right, yeah. He, he was... Uh, <laughs> he, he was doing whatever Dave from a podcast said about a movie, The Martian. He was doing that in his house as I backed out. So. <laughs> and then, of course, you know, it was the big reveal. Like, ha, ha, ha. Chuck is uh, taping him. Credits roll. And uh, I don't get me wrong. I, I, li- I really like the episode. But the first words out of my mouth was, God damn it. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, me too. Like. Blue yeah. balls. Yeah, and, and then I started yeah. thinking because I think I even turned to my wife and I was like, oh, oh man, Owen Benjamin's going to have a heyday with this because he outlined that exact scenario not two days ago. <laughs> yeah, I was like, there's no way they're going to be that, like, anticlimactic. Yeah, it, but it's still better than season one finale. But, uh, Dave, didn't you say that their MO is just kind of it always make the episode before the last one, the big exciting one, and then uh, to just kind of bring it back down on the finale. That's what a tweet, a, a Twitter follower had told me via Twitter, 
And I thought I had actually heard him say that on the first Talking Saul after episode one. Mm-hmm. Um, that it's usually the penultimate episode is the like the most dramatic or the craziest one. Um, but yeah, I well, I don't know because it it left me with the same openness of the first season finale when he's like, well, that's never going to happen again, and he's seeing smoke on the water driving away. But that was a little more satisfying than this time because this time it's it's I guess more specific because you know when he says never going to happen again they're like okay well, that means he's going to become Saul eventually and now it's like well where's this case going to go and what's Chuck going to do with that tape yeah Owen how'd you feel yeah I just uh, I felt like the second to last episode wasn't big enough to have the finale be like to go down again like mm-hmm. I felt like that was a setup to something big and it's it's like it it would be something if if Chuck had a smoking gun, but he just has this like archaic tape deck that's like probably going to be covered in tin foil. <laughs> like it's not a smoking gun. <laughs> yeah, but I I mean I obviously love the show, but I just feel like it wasn't a good season finale for as just like a because I mean we like the 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 space in it and we like how things don't necessarily have to happen, and I'm not a big fan of the network three act like everyone gets shot nothing's believable yeah. stuff i love the mm-hmm. humanness of better call Saul. but that being said i'm still watching television like i'm not just watching two people talking apart <laughs> right you know like i need something to happen <laughs> you know uh one one thought i had uh as i was just sitting there uh, finishing my notes and just kind of reflecting as such was um i don't know if you guys watched the walking dead but uh but in a in a way they totally walk indebted <laughs> like they did for Better Call Saul, what Walking Dead, what Walking Dead did for Walking Dead on this year's season finale. Like there was, I don't watch the show. You haven't. Uh, what okay. happened? I didn't so see on it. the Walking Dead in the comic book, the major character is this guy called Negan. He bashes one of the characters' brains out with a bat, and then they show the character because that was like the big introduction and turning point for the series in the comic and for that character. Right? You follow me? So. In the t- in the TV yeah. show, Negan, that that big bad guy, it was uh, the scene was pretty close to the comic book, and everybody wanted to see a a character who's been there from the beginning. Because in the comic book, super popular characters always die, always die in horrible fashion, like every like fifty issues, you know, like at very important points. It's not like John, the guy who lives down the street, dies. It's always like somebody that was there from the beginning. Right. So everybody was super pumped about this Negan guy showing up and killing a super popular character, keeping with the comic series. And what happened was they totally cliffhangered it and they didn't show the person that he killed because he hits, he he bashes somebody's head in with a bat. But what they did is they filmed it in a way where you saw it from the character's perspective. So you can never tell which character it is that he killed. So he basically hits the camera with a bat and then bam right to the credits. There's no resolution. It doesn't say who it was. And everybody who watches Walking Dead and reads the comics just flip their fucking shit because they kind of took away from the gravity Damn. the gravity of the moment. And that's how I feel that what kind of happened with Better Call Saul. Because even even though like I knew that it was recording, like I found myself like watching the clock. I'm like, okay, so but there's gonna be like some crazy reveal. Like some it has to be more. There has to be something more. Has to be something, but it wasn't. It, yeah, I checked. I did the same thing. I checked my clock. I checked the clock in that last scene. I'm like, they can't do something spectacular in four minutes in this stupid parenting cage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. So again, 
while uh, while I really enjoyed the episode for what it was, it's uh, it's just I feel that there was uh, better episodes throughout the season than the actual finale. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I, I well, I thought last week's was pretty dope. No, last week's um, was a great episode. Yeah, and. Uh, Actually, Tarantula Doug was not impressed. I don't want to throw that out there because I might have built it up too much for him, though. I was like, oh, it's a great episode. It's the best one of the season. You got to watch it. And then he watched it, and he's like, really, dude? And I was like, well, sorry. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, yeah. Well, so that's what Dave, I, and our friend Owen Benjamin think about uh, the finale of season two. Uh, season three, we're going to have to wait almost a year to see exactly what happens. But I'm glad that there is a season three coming up. Because obviously we're gonna find out the the resolution to uh, and if you hear that noise in the background, my laundry's done. I still haven't packed for L.A. and I'm still doing laundry. But uh, you know, we'll we'll obviously find out what comes of uh, Mike's situation, who's watching him, and what is exactly on the tape. Owen, thank you so much for uh, joining Dave and I in uh, you know our final preview with the prior for the season and our discussion of the season finale. What are your hopes for season three? I want to see someone get shot by Mike. <laughs> That's it. I'm a simple man with simple tastes. I want Mike to shoot somebody in the face. <laughs> Dave, what do you want from season three? Uh, Kim dies. That's um, that's like your thing, dude. No. <laughs> I, uh, I, th- I think that they spent so much time focusing on A- Ernesto, that he's going to have a big role. And uh, what was I going to say? Oh, crap, I had it. Oh, the whole thing about Jimmy's always looking out for everybody, pleasing everybody, but too nearsighted to it always, you know, backfires. And the, the relationship with Chuck, and I don't know. I just want them, I think they're going to explore that because they seem to really push the whole Jimmy's always looking out for Chuck unless he's looking out for Kim thing. Mm-hmm. So I want to see what comes of that. Hey, my, my honest. My actual prediction, I, I think I'm um I think that somehow Kim gets disbarred because of Jimmy's actions, and that's when he finally turns on Chuck. And I think that he just he doesn't like kill him per se, but he does something deeply vengeful, like just turn on floodlights on him or something. I think that I think that he does something crazy. Hmm. Because like I think that he's so tied into of making Kim happy and to see like Kim, something bad is going to happen to Kim. And I think like if Ernesto is, is still uh, tied to the story, cause then he perjured himself by saying that Jimmy called him. That's easily proved that it isn't true. Um, and if he gets booted, maybe, I don't know. I just think that there, there, there's going to be just a full meltdown of a season potentially, Could or be. It'll, they'll just milk it like they did this year. Who knows? <laughs> All right. Right on. Well, listeners, what do you guys? Oh, but I, I, I do. I'm sorry. I do want to say, I, and I hope they keep up the really, really impressive camera work because I, I think that's been a valuable thing to this show. Also, is putting you in the environment, really interesting and creative ways to film things. You know, establishing shots are pretty cool. Time lapse is awesome. Stuff like that. All right. I totally. I agree. Listeners, let us know. Twitter, Facebook, at www.itsawgoodman.com. Let us know. What did you think of Season 2? What are your predictions for Season 3? And on a side note, before we sign off, just a couple things we got going on. Nothing important. 
is uh, still on hiatus, so we are still replaying classic episodes of, you know, like from way back when, like a year ago. Uh, make sure to check those out. Dave and I will be back on that in a couple of weeks. I got some great guests lined up. Also, please make sure to keep checking your feed and the website for It's All Good, man. I have more cast members uh, coming up in the coming weeks, so it'll be like last year in the in-between times. Dave and I will try to get like a, ca- a member of the cast or crew, uh, chat with them over the phone, and of course, we will post it. Uh, in the RSS feed for the podcast. Uh, and uh, just on a personal note, I want to thank uh, Owen Benjamin for hanging out with us uh, twice now on this show. Always super cool to speak with him. Thank you so much, sir. Yeah, come see me, Chicago, uh, at the Improv last weekend this month. And uh, check out my podcast, Why Didn't They Laugh? Where I analyze why my jokes don't work and what makes them work. See? He knew, he knew where I was Absolutely. going with that. That is professional. <laughs> knew, knew that I was going like, come on, Owen, plug yourself, man. And he did it. I, <laughs> I'll be at that I show. I don't take notes of every single scene to not plug myself. Yeah, exactly. Owen's, Owen's, a, <laughs> and Owen's a great dude, I'll hilarious say, I, comic. Go see him and listen to his podcast. Great stuff. I will be at one of the Chicago Thanks, shows. So if you see a fat guy with a beard, walk up to him and ask if he's Dave. <laughs> Love it. Yeah, for you Chicago guys, I'm sure Dave will be uh, Dave will be on Twitter letting everybody know when he's there. Why don't you come hang out? Also, those of you who won the T-shirts, thank you so much for participating, and I hope you enjoy your T-shirt, and hopefully we can do that for you again next year. I want to thank uh, Ryan from AMC, uh, all the talent agents that we worked with over the year, and, of course, all the great uh, guests that we've had on, Patrick Fabian, Ray Seahorn, uh, too many to name. Thank you so much. Keep participating. Uh, make sure to get those iTunes reviews in. You guys are awesome. Dave? Check out Driver X. It's a movie starring Patrick Fabian about an Uber-type driver that has the right of his life. Because we were debating on Twitter about he should have a leading role. Well, there you go. God damn it. He's doing a leading role in a movie. <laughs> call us idiots. Call us geniuses. Whatever. Just call us. It's all good, man. Hey, it's all good, man. It's all.